Welcome to an abiding thought. I was uh, looking at uh, a passage the other day. I had recently preached a, a funeral, and I had preached from this very familiar passage, uh, Philippians 1, verse 21. And in it, Paul says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, that's a very familiar passage. Uh, text and especially one that's used for funeral sermons and as I said I recently preached it at a funeral and the part that we really connect with is when Paul says for me to die is gain and he really does express the confidence of Christian faith and that we know individually that when we die just speaking of ourselves as believers in Christ that when we die, it is gain. We gain freedom from a body of sin. We gain freedom from living in a world of sin. And our souls delight in the one who saved us. And so that's why this verse is so powerful and, and it resonates with us when we, when we preach at funerals, especially for believers. But there is a part here that we tend to overlook and even when we address it, we flesh it out, or we don't look at really the rest of the context of what Paul says. What he says first is for me to live as Christ. And so what does he mean when he say for me to live as Christ? And it's here where the rest of what he says in the following verses, especially down through verse 26, that it's easy for us to overlook. Notice what he says in verse 22. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet I shall choose what which I shall choose, I cannot tell. Goes on to say, for I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. For that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you for all of your, uh, uh, continue with you all for your progress and your joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Here's the part that I think we overlook. What does it mean? To live is Christ. We can't, and I think this is what the point that Paul is making here, we can't live for Christ being disconnected from his people. What Paul is suggesting, I, I mentioned this in a sermon on Sunday, a quote that I read last week, where a brother says, God hasn't given you spiritual gifts. He's given the church spiritual gifts through you. And what Paul is saying when he talks about for me to live is Christ, he's not talking about some sort of individual disconnected spirituality, just me and Jesus. No, the point that he's making is that if he dies, then he's with the Lord. But if he remains, he's in the service of the Lord. And being in the service of the Lord is connected to the ministry that he has called him to. 
In other words, there's a way in which we can look at this as if Paul is almost like boasting. If I die, then that's my gain. But if I remain, that's your gain. The reason him remaining is an asset to the Philippian believers and not just the Philippians because, you know, Paul wasn't a local pastor. He was, he, he was, he planted churches and he was a missionary, but he administered to this congregation. And so the reason his remaining in the flesh is beneficial to them is because for him to live, he's committed to Christ and being committed to Christ means using his, the gifts that God has given to the church through him, committed to serving the Lord. And serving the Lord means being connected to his people. Paul's ministry was unique in that he was an apostle, he was a church planter, but in it all and through it all, as he served his brothers and sisters in the Lord, his commitment was to Christ. And I mention this because there is a tendency to have this super individualistic spirituality. And you hear so many people saying, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. I love God, but I don't love his church. The Lord is calling me and all of our calling and all of our dealings with the Lord connects us to everything but his people. What Paul is saying is, if I live, I'm committed to Christ. How do we know he's committed to Christ? Because he's connected to his people. Brothers and sisters, what Paul is saying here is that our spirituality, our gifts are not for our good only. It's not for our boasting so that, no, when we say we live unto the Lord, that means we're pouring out whatever gifts the Lord has given us. And you go to Romans 12 and you look at the list of the spiritual gifts that Paul has there. You go to 1 Corinthians and look at the list of gifts that are mentioned there. And you go to Ephesians 4 and you look at gifts that are mentioned there. Every one of them requires us to be connected to someone else. One of the challenges that we've experienced over the last two years in the midst of COVID is that we have not been able to maintain the same sorts of in-person meetings, gatherings, whether it's for church or other things that we have become accustomed to. There are some churches that even as we speak they have not been able to meet in person. And some have returned. And we know that there are others, and we mention this oftentimes in our morning worship, that there are those whose pre-existing conditions, health concerns, and other reasons do not allow them to put themselves at risk in coming into a public setting. Be that as it may. What that means is because we have been brought into vital union with one another so that God is at work through us to our brothers and sisters, that means we have to be creative in our ways of remaining connected. 
But the point that remains is that to be in Christ is not to be disconnected. It was Augustine that says, no one can claim God as his father without the church as his mother. And no one can claim the church as its mother without also claiming other believers as our siblings. God is at work in us, working for the good of others, even as he is at work in others, working for the good of ourselves. When Paul says, for me to die is gain, that's good and that's true. But he says, for me to remain is Christ. And to, be re to remain active and on fire for Christ means being in service to the people of God. You think about it. Is our presence among our brothers and sisters in the Lord, whether it's in our immediate local church setting or just others that we know, how does our service, how does our presence, I should say, benefit those that we are in fellowship with? For me to die is gain, but for me to be alive ought to be of Christ. And there's no way I can be of Christ and be unloving and ungiving towards those that he has loved and has connected me to. Paul says that for me to live is Christ. And by that, what he goes on to explain in these following verses is that to live in a manner that is shrouded in Christ or grounded in Christ is to be connected to the good of his people for this end. And I love the way he expresses it. It's not just to be around so people can say, oh, Paul, you're a nice guy. But he says, my desire, he says, is obviously to depart and to be with Christ, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you for your progress and your joy in the faith. So therefore, God connects us to our brothers and sisters, not for our growth only, but our growth is connected to how we participate in the growth and the progress and the joy that others may have in the Lord. What are we here for? When we depart, we are in the presence of Christ himself. But while we remain, we are in the service of Christ. And to be in the service of Christ is to be connected and committed to the growth and Christian joy of our brothers and sisters. That's my thought. Amen.